Episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down 118.2, and we are continuing and finishing our playthrough of Alone in the Dark, the New Nightmare. Today I have with me Matt. Hello. And yeah, we're finishing up our Nightmare Before Christmas horror themed game. Uh, we had finished Edward Carnby's side of the story, and we were going to play through Aline's side of the story. Can't ever remember what her Cedric, is that it? Cedric, which Cedric. is, you know, interesting for the lore, right? There's a, a D-Cedric mm-hmm. as as someone in the past of the family. Yeah. So he kind of, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily know all of the relationships, but it seems like he was mostly an antagonist to the family. <laughs> it definitely seemed like it when you're talking to him. Yeah. I think he started off like he wormed his way into the family, but then ended up they had a falling out, and they ended up working with Edenshaw to stop him, get right. rid of him. All right. So the um, yeah, so Elaine's side of the story. So I, I wanted to see a couple of things. So we we do have a decent amount of interactions with Elaine playing as Carnby, and. I wanted to see if the game would show us those interactions, you know? Um and yeah. and I would say for the most part they do, but there's also yeah, I, there's also I was surprised they do as much as they do. Yeah, but here's the thing. When I was playing as Edward Carnby, never once did Elaine ever say there is a dude in the mirror and he's talking to me. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, what? When did this happen? Like she, she just decided not to tell Carnby this. 
And she went on this little adventure trying to find a mirror for him. And, and then you, if you know, you get a choice, give him the mirror or, or don't give him the mirror. And if you do give him the mirror, you die. <laughs> <laughs> so none of this was mentioned. Uh, you know, you'd think, you know, when you met back up with Carmby, you won't believe the crap that just happened to me. No, she doesn't even bother. Yeah, it's definitely not a story about their relationship because their relationship doesn't make any sense. Like, in my mind, they should absolutely hate each other. The way they, like... Unless unless more of this is meant to be sarcastic, but, like, the way they talk to each other, I'm like, wow, she is so cold. You know, I don't know why he would, you know, want to do anything other than basic chivalry to try and keep her alive. But then... In this playthrough, maybe I just called Carnby more as a lean than the other way around, but I felt like I was talking to him a lot, and he was like, well, so, you know, when we get back, maybe we can hang out more. I'm like, "Yeah, wow, I definitely misread whatever I imagined their relationship was, because my Carnby would not have been asking her out for drinks when they get back right. to so, Massachusetts. So, Carnby, like, when you're playing Carnby's side, she comes off as, like, this annoying needy brat yeah demanding and bratty yeah but in if you're playing as a lean she comes across as a protagonist not not needy and carnby is kind of like her sarcastic sidekick rather than would you just shut up kind of person yeah and it's so strange because there are multiple interactions that are not in Carnby's side that I'm just like, what? Like, when I'm getting a totally different vibe here. And I, I actually enjoyed this playthrough a lot more. This play, than, all, right, all right, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that re- the the dynamic between them, I thought, was more tolerable. Yes, and then the understanding, like, I'm really glad that we got to see some of the points that were referenced in his story. Like, and, and, and the back and forth actually was happening. I almost wish they had cut this into a game that was twice as long and you went back and forth between the two. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you would have lost a lot of story by not playing Aline. So I'm, I'm glad that we did choose to play it. Yeah. Um, and also, on top of all that, there's a lot less, not to say backtracking, but there's a lot less recycled environments than I expected. Yeah, that that's one thing I will give them. Like the, so when you make it to the fort, this is this is a place you did not see playing as Carnby. Yeah. The issue is is the thor- the fort is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's huge. It takes forever to get somewhere and you got to go back and forth through it. I did it at least 3 times. Um and then they were telling me to do it a third a fourth time and I was like, "Ah." So full disclosure, I did not finish the lean side of the story. Um, it, from where I stopped, Matt, how, how much longer in the game do you think I had? I have a feeling it would have been a long, pretty long time. Yeah, I would have guessed two, two and a half hours. Yeah, I just, I like, I sat down today and I was like, okay, let's play some. And I played a little bit of it and I did the whole planetarium thing and it was like, I got to go back through this. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't want to do this. I just, I just, I set the controller down. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't I I think I think the the controls while while I got used to the controls the controls were still bothersome. Um I don't know. Yeah, I I was torn there. I was more comfortable with the controls having played through one full playthrough already, but I never got comfortable with the getting stuck on the environment. Yeah. That that was constantly getting on my nerves. Because I'm like I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong. At least the controls I like was able to you know, master and figure it out and you know, even little things I was using the the backup button a lot more in this playthrough. You know, to kind of keep my gun trained but but kind of try and center myself in the best position so that I can attack the enemies before they can get me because I felt like a lot of times in Carnby's side of the story yeah, I had I was I was real relatively well stocked with weapons. I could kill any enemy without any real issue, but I felt like I often took a hit first and then I was able to kill them. Um here I, you know, I I was just a little bit more familiar with the enemy patterns and I was able to back up a little bit more and um you know, I I I felt a lot more in control. Like I ended this game cuz I I did finish the whole playthrough for Aline. I ended with still like five first aid packs. Almost all of my weapons were fully charged. Yeah. Uh, going into the to the boss fight, I still had five saving charms. So I mean, I I felt more in control and more powerful even on her side because I just I I was able to waste less and need to heal less and I, I just felt a little bit better about the whole thing yeah I, I would the, you know when we when we read up on this it, it said that Elaine's side was less combat and I could definitely see that there, there wasn't as much combat and I feel like I guess because I had played enough of the game previously I was able to maneuver a little bit better you yeah. know I, I knew when I needed to run kind of thing and I could get get around stuff but there's one thing I have to give Elaine's side is that Carnby got a grenade launcher and never got any more grenades while she got tons of grenades. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did get more rockets with Carnby, so maybe she doesn't get as many rockets. I don't know. Yeah, I never had very many rockets. Yeah. So I don't... I, it, it, but it, for for me, most of that stuff is almost irrelevant. As soon as you get the lightning gun in either story, that's the best weapon. Yeah. Well, there's no need to use anything else. Yeah, until you get to the end boss. Until the end boss. But then, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into that. But um, there there was a boss, that a reoccurring boss, I should say. A, a Mr. X, if you will, that kept, <laughs> that kept showing up in, in a lean side that, uh, you know... I was like, "Oh, we're doing that, are we?" Yeah. Um, the first time you fight him, for me, was by far the hardest. Well, yeah. So I, that, that's when I was like, "Okay, I don't know if I should use shotgun here or if I should use grenades," because I had a, I had a good, I probably had about five clips of grenades at the time. So I started with shotgun, and I was like, okay, this guy is, like, rushing me, so I, I don't know what to do here. So I'm just going to pull out my grenade launcher, and I, I took him down. I was like, okay, all right, we're good. Four screens later, oh, he's yeah. back. <laughs> it doesn't take long before he's back up off the floor. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's not good. So I was like, okay, so we have a, a reoccurring boss that's going to follow us throughout the rest of this game, which I, I think... 
Does he continue to follow us? Yeah, you were you were just about to fight him in a more annoying fight. Oh, good. <laughs> Easier if, in a way, but more annoying. So yeah, um, but the the biggest thing that I, I want to talk to because we're, obviously we're not going story beat by story beat. The the, the one big thing that changes. Um, she starts off in the mansion. In fact, I never went outside, with the exception of like after I leave the mansion to go to the the fort. Like we never went to like the the swamp area or anything like that, right? Yeah, not really. There's just a couple of minor places that you go outside just just for a moment, but there's definitely not like a big outdoor section like there was in Carnby Side, right? So that's and no uh, no chapel leading yeah. to the underground. Yeah. So that's one thing I have a question for you. Do they explain? how she can see Carnby as he's walking through the darkness. Not even remotely. <laughs> Do, does that scene even pop up? No, I don't think that scene happens on her side. What the hell, guys? Yeah, it's a little weird. That's that's really weird. Uh, so, But yeah, with Aline, she starts off in the mansion, actually on top of the mansion, and the first place you go is to the old woman's room, Lucy. And... She plays a bigger part in this game with Elaine because you go back to her multiple times. <laughs> yeah, it must be three times you talk to her. Yeah, total. and the thing is, the game never pop. This never popped up while playing as Carnby. The game actually pops up. I may need to go talk to Lucy. And I was yep. like, "Oh, okay. Well, you're giving me directions. Okay, great. Because I never got any of that with Carnby." I just yep. wandered around and then saved myself into a corner because, well, I went to the same same corridor and had to shoot guys, and there you go. So, yeah, d does she ever go to the library? I don't think uh, she does. She does, but she doesn't do much there because that's, that's the right. First, that's where you fight the uh, the Morton beast. Yes, that's right. That's right. So the library, yeah. It it looks as if Carnby's already been there, yeah. right? Because the yeah, the, the, sec been, yeah. the secret door is already open. So, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. I, sorry, I did that like last week. Um, <laughs> uh, pretty much everything I did this week was was the, the getting to the fort and then doing most. Of the, I guess the majority of the fort. Um, but yeah, but I, I found it interesting that she did do, and it was part of the gameplay where Carnby is radioing her saying, okay, I'm at these stones and, you know, check the East stone, check the West stone. And you have to do that, like put in the date kind of thing. Yeah. And I like that. I like that. Not only do you get the counterpart there, but you actually get, and it, it was pretty simple. You get the understanding of what was happening. Right. Because all he's doing is telling you how many marks are on each stone. I mean, what does that mean? Right. How does that what, – what kind of code does that translate to? And it's literally – although I thought it was kind of comical because it's the number of marks like 10122001 or something. It was – or October 31st. 2001. 2001. Yeah. But that's only <laughs> – that only works if you have your date in exactly that format. Sure. Which – but I, I mean I guess she would have seen that from the instrument she was looking at. Right. But I was like, oh, good thing it's not England, where it would have been 31, 10, 
2001. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, I, that... but but I like that those marks actually were numbers in in that. Right, it wasn't just like something that gets translated into a date. It actually is the date. Right. The, so the I, I thought that was cool. The the so there's two things that that start, that stayed with me as I played through this part, and the first one being the cutscene where it's basically showing all the planets align. Yep. I looked at that because it showed because they zoomed out, and they showed basically the surface of the sun. And they showed all the planets aligning, right? One, that can physically never happen. Two, <laughs> why why is Jupiter and Saturn in front of all the other planets? <laughs> yeah, it didn't it didn't look like it was terribly scientifically accurate. I'm just thinking like everybody knows that, you know, Mercury and Venus are in front of us from the sun, right? <laughs> Yeah, my very elderly mother. Yeah. So why, 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 why not just you know try to make it accurate in that cutscene? I don't know, but I, I remember that one. That, that one sticking out to me. I was like, that is completely incorrect. And then the conversation between Aline and Obed was some of the worst dialogue <laughs> and voice acting I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean there I wish I had just the sound clips of all the back and forths in this game because there were a lot of bad interactions. Yeah. Like I, c- comically bad, but yeah, bad. <laughs> these these it felt like I was playing Shenmue again. Yeah. It was just like it it was it was like two people were having a different conversation. She, she was like, do you know my mother? And he's like, that name sounds familiar, but I'm going to die and I'm getting ready to, I'm ready, I'm ready for my soul to leave this plane. Oh, what about my mom? Do you know my mom? It just kept going back to it. I was like, what is going on? And she's finally like, do you, are you my father? And he's like, that's impossible. <laughs> I don't know. That, that entire scene was, was, I was just like, what is happening here? And then he comes back at the end and says, my daughter. Oh, is that what happens at the end? Yeah. <laughs> nice. So it actually really was? Uh, or we don't know? That's Yeah, I don't know, actually, because at the very end, he actually says, oh, you know, come to me, my daughter. And she's like, what, dad? And uh, I, I don't know if it's the disembodied voice or if it's Eden Shaw, but he's like, yeah, don't listen to him. He's just trying to manipulate you. Gotcha. So yeah, so the the monster that we're fighting that keeps reoccurring. I, I'm assuming they explain it. That's just an experiment. Yeah, is that is there's that, actually that one awesome cutscene. Is that Obed's father? Yeah, Howard. No, Howard. I That's right. And I like that cutscene where it's actually his dead body that that he's getting injections into. Yeah, he he reanimates him. Yeah. Yeah, looking looking a bit like the tyrant. Yeah, yeah, definitely has that that vibe to it. So yeah, uh, going to the fort, which I, I'm assuming the fort is the building that we were that that Carnby was looking at through the telescope. Correct. I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Which you got? You did the part where she 
looks through the telescope as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And you don't see very much. I I but... still don't know what I was looking at. <laughs> yeah, I think. It, so did, you didn't go out to it because it's right around the part where you stopped. I think that you actually go out and it, you know, where he was looking at and in the entire fort, she was looking at something that was only about ten feet high. It was just like a little pillar. Yeah, the, that, the the like the the grooves in it. Yeah, and it had a circular groove. So when you when when we were Carnby and we met up with Aline, we handed her a little plate looking Yeah. They call them like a stell in this game, I think. Or a cell. I don't know. But it it was like a it was like a, a stone disc. That's what she had to take from Carnby and put into that little mini tower. And what did that do? It gave her. Is it what gave her the 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 full head? No, I think that comes later. I don't know. It just gave her another piece that she picks up, and you know, another I'm piece not, of a puzzle. Is it another one of the heads? Because there's what six heads. Yeah, there's like six heads. Animal heads. Yeah, but you get most of those. In the last section of the game. Yeah, that everybody just, like, conveniently has them all. Yeah. But in Carnby's side, she only had one. I, I don't know. I don't know. So, after that, I mean, after the fort, you have... The, all right, so you have you have your boss fight again with, with Howard. What was, what was so rough about it? Yeah, so you had a couple of things, right? Like, I, I, I kind of like how... Not necessarily how big in how much time you spend in the fort, because you're right, the backtracking is kind of annoying, especially when you combine the easy ability to get stuck on the environment with the number of times you have to go up and down stairs that have, like, switchbacks in them. Dude. Dude. And when you're (laughs) – there's a lot of that. How many times did I go up those stairs and I'm like, am I even progressing over these stairs because yeah. you start out small and it, 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 it remember we talked about it last episode where you're like you're climbing stairs and you're looking at it right and it's like is my character getting bigger like how did they how do they model this but it yeah. happened it happened like four times like because uh, I had to go up those stairs like four freaking times and I was like oh my god and it just takes forever Yeah, there's there's some struggles there, but I like the fact that you've got you get you get a little bit more time with the brothers. I feel like in this half, maybe it's just because it's more recent in my mind. But the fact that you actually get to see Obed stuck in a in a jail cell. Did you see that part? No, I didn't see that part. So you go talk to him. He's like stuck in a cell, and then. You've got each brother, I think, has their own lab, right? We saw Alan's lab in Carnby's playthrough. Yeah. And now we're seeing Obed's lab. So most of this whole section here in the fort, did you get down into the section, the the, uh, the, the obelette, where you're going down into the bowels and it's like crumbling and there's the, the big light gun that's pointed at a wall. It's called the perforator. I had to put P 
pieces together for that. Yep. So yeah. you end up like that's like I feel like that's a pretty big puzzle as far as the complexity and the amount of time going into getting these pieces and figuring out you're trying to assemble this like light gun, this photoelectric gun. That was that was like the all of the fort. Like that was the whole purpose of the fort was solving this one big puzzle. It was kind of yeah. it was kind of like Carnby's like activating the pictures kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of the overarching puzzle. Yeah. And so the last piece of this that you need to do is to go up into the into the planetarium and activate like the lightning rod. Yeah, and it makes the, the it, that's what makes the planets align. You get the cutscene after you turn on the planetarium light show. Yeah, but then even after that, you have to go all the way up onto the roof. Did you do that part? You have to go up onto the roof. You have to. There's a retractable cover to the roof, and you have to unlock the padlock on it. And so this is the this is kind of the last section here. So after you've got your gun assembled, you've got just a couple of things that have to be done. So you need to get up to the roof. You need to unlock the the retractable door. Then you're climbing back down. Once you once you're in the middle of the lightning rod tower, you end up. Um, so you go up. You you unlock the door. You go back down. You activate the switch, which extends a rod up into the lightning storm. And then, as soon as you do that, you have a boss fight with Howard Morton again. Oh, good. Um. So what you've got is you've got a circular room where in the center you've got like the the lightning concentrator. So every 10 seconds or so lightning shoots down into that thing. And Morton is chasing you around. So you're basically running in circles around this central platform. And when you're on the opposite, you know, he's he's coming after you and he's swiping and stuff. But when you're on the opposite side from him, he will jump through the middle. And so you don't actually shoot him at all in this boss fight. You need to get him to get electrocuted three times. What? Great. So the annoying thing is it's not super easy to control when he jumps. And also, once the lightning is striking, because it's like it's off for 10 seconds, then it's like on for 10 seconds. Once it's on, he's smart enough not to jump into it. So you need to time it so that he's jumping and the lightning comes down while he's halfway through. Oh, man. Which was not easy. And it, it basically just happened randomly. And you've, you've, you've got a two-minute timer. Because when you extend the lightning rod up into the storm, it's only active for two minutes and then it retracts. And I probably did three of those sections before I even got him to be hit once. So I'm like, how on earth am I going to get him hit three times in a two minute section? Because the, the nice thing is once the two minutes are up and it retracts, you can just go over and hit the button again and it extends back out and you've got another two minutes. But I was like, I don't know how I can do three in one section when I can't even do one in one section reliably. But it turns out actually it's all one fight. Even if it, even if it takes you 10, two minute sections, you still only have to hit him three times total. So then it actually wasn't really that hard. Even if it mostly hap- happened randomly. But Can't... then after that fight, you have the, the much, much harder part. <laughs> what's, the, what's the much, much harder part? 
So the much harder part is once once he's down and once you once he gets electrocuted three times, I think that's it and he's dead. Like for good. Okay. But then what you need to do, now that you've assembled your photoelectric gun, what you need to do is hit that button to extend the tower up into the storm, and then you've only got that same two minutes before it retracts, where you need to go all the way back down into the obelette, into the bowels, and attach the gun to that little cart that it was on. Right. And you need to do that within the two minutes, and then, you know, as soon as you activate it, um, she picks up like the 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 cable that's on the ground and attaches it to the gun, and then basically the the energy from the lightning strike is what goes down and allows you to blow a hole into the underground. You know where where Carnby had been using the the chapel to get in. She has to blow a hole through the basement to get gotcha. in. Yeah, yeah. But it is it is tough because you've got enemies. You've got any wrong wrong move. I mean, I I did it on my second try, but my first try, I I just missed it um i mean I only made a couple of wrong turns but they were short but the nice thing is here on this the enemies don't respawn and two minutes i even on, on my like second run which is essentially perfect i only had about 10 seconds to spare man no nah, i'm good so it was it was tight <laughs> no nah, th- that would have made me stop <laughs> fighting with the controls I mean, I guess I could go clear out all the enemies and then come back and just do it, like just run. But yeah. you, like you said, you still only had 10 seconds left. Mm. Yeah, that was actually when I felt the best at the controls, though, because there's a lot of there's a lot of small sections where, like, you're going down a corridor, and then when you get to the end of the corridor, the next leg of the corridor is perpendicular, and also the camera changes, so it's awkward timing. Mm-hmm. But there were a couple of good ones where I was able to turn into the camera change and not even like hit a wall, just like sprinting around the corner. I hadn't ha- I hadn't done that in either playthrough yet because I hadn't needed to really, but that was kind of cool. I, I did that two or three times just on that little run. Yeah. So after that, you go into the underground? Yeah. Then you go into the underground. Um, you fight another crocodile. <laughs> Oh, snake crocodile. Um, and then to be honest, after that, it's mostly it's it's a lot more reused assets. So you you end up going through a lot of the same world of darkness stuff. You do see some good cutscenes. You see the same cutscene where Obed and Alan like launch themselves into the pit. Right. So you don't um, ever see what actually actually happens to Alan. No, I don't think so. Or no, oh, wait, no, wait. You you do, yeah. You fight Alan. No, He's no. the zombie one. He's the last one. But you don't ever see what actually happens to Obed, like how he turns into the monster. No. What the exactly. hell? What? Yeah, that's <laughs> what? a pretty pretty integral part of this dynamic, right? I, I figured at least she would see it. No. Okay. But the other b- big thing is that you do get so you collected the you know all the animal heads. Yep. Actually, when they fall into the pit, you climb down into the pit after them, and that's when you get the last, the sixth piece. And then when you get over to the gate into the final like chamber, you have to do a couple of, 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 of backtracking bits, but you end up in a small room where you use those 
you use those six animal pieces, I think, to get the one full head. Because at the very, very end, like the last one minute of the game, there's only three pillars where you have to put the animal heads. Right. Car- Carnby has one, Aline has one, and there's one that's already there. Correct, yeah. And I think you need to use those six animal pieces to get the one head that she uses in the final step. Gotcha. So does Elaine have a final boss? She does, and it's Alan. And it's interesting. So you end up fighting Alan. Remember the part where there's the column that falls over? Yep. So you're walking there. You actually get there quickly. I feel like she spent a lot less time in the world of darkness. And that's where it ends. You actually fight him on that column. Halfway really? across the column. And it's cool because it's... You know, it's it's 2D, right? But it, you're, you're looking over her shoulder, and he's coming at you. Gotcha. On the column. So the two of you are balancing on the column, and he's huge. I mean, he takes up like half the screen because you don't have an arena to walk around. So um, what do you do? Just unload on him? Well, that's what I did at first is I just unloaded on him. I used, I used like the light rifle. I used all 100%. I used three full charges on the regular lightning gun, and then I used like twenty rocket, twenty grenades. All of those I think did no damage to him whatsoever. Okay. You you can only hit him when he's like when he's coming at towards you. He shuffles, and apparently you can only hit him when he because he's got kind of like two heads. So the you can only hit him when the main head is like lowered toward you. When the hell so did when this right, happen? Yeah, this was when his right shoulder falls. Okay, that's when you can hit him. So that's that 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 was he didn't have two heads when when Carnby was fighting him. I, it's weird. I don't know if we missed something because that other voice might have been the other head. Like they might have merged together somehow. I don't know. So Obed and and, and Alan, Alan merged yeah. together. Yeah, he's got the main head that's like demonic looking but then there's another little head on his the left side of his shoulder maybe that was Obed so it's not so the ending is not not connected to each other um so what the heck was Carnby doing while we were fighting yeah I don't think so because It doesn't really make sense because the column wasn't fallen when we got there. So Carnby couldn't have already gone through. But then the column falls over while we're there. We fight Alan on it. Yeah. And the end is actually cool. You actually have a, a really interesting cutscene where she is about to fall off the column after you hit him with like the last rocket that ends the fight. Or grenade or whatever. Mm-hmm. She starts to fall. He actually picks her up, and it seems like he has a bit of a change of heart. So he ends up saving her, pushing her back up onto the column, and then all of the little world of darkness enemies swarm him while he's on the column. And he ends up breaking it and then falling into the area below. And the... 
Yep. Okay, sorry. We had a we had a temporary screw up on the recording, but uh, hopefully I'll be able to splice this in post and make it work properly. We'll see. <laughs> um but yeah, you were talking about the the final uh fight when you finish uh you you uh I guess Alan Zombie Alan has a change of heart and he gets swarmed by uh the darkness monsters. Yeah, and I think that I think that he intentionally breaks the column so that they'll fall into the pit so that the monsters can't get over to you. But you no, you end up on that side. So he when he throws you up, you're on the the end side, right? And that that's it. There's nothing else to fight after him anyway. So I don't know how they're they show like hundreds of him swarming him, but then apparently when he falls into the pit, every single one of them went with him because there were none left for you to fight. Okay. Well, so, that, that's that's, that's a different, definitely a different change from Carnby's ending. Yeah, you don't mm. even go down into that final area, huh? So when you get, when, so when you continue on, you just run back into Carnby. Yeah, yeah, you run back into Carnby. You you get into that final room where you have to place the the head. Carnby comes in, Eden Shaw comes in, and then that's the same ending. With the same ending cinematic. Gotcha. Huh. Okay. I, I was I was hoping, you know, what I what I was thinking was going to happen was you were going to have to. Cornby was going to fight Alan while you were going to fight Obed. But apparently that's not the case. Yeah, it would have made a little more sense. <laughs> right. Huh. Okay. Well, there you go. How do you feel about this whole? I feel experience? a lot better after having played her side. Not that everything yeah. gets answered, but like I said, I, I love the fact that it flushes out a bit more of the story. You get a better character dynamic. You get new areas without as much recycled environment as I expected. I mean, even within, even within the mansion, there's a lot of things that take place in the same rooms, in the same hallways, but you do different things in them, and a lot of it you don't even see. Like, so much of, of Carnby's time was on the landing with those pictures and in that upper hallway, but I feel like she's taking a mostly a different route through the entire mansion. Yeah, she starts on the top floor, and you spend a lot of your time on the top floor. Like, like there's a lot of rooms you don't even go in. Yeah, I mean, I, I, maybe even the majority of rooms you don't go in as Aline. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I feel like Aline's mansion, quote quote unquote, mansion was the the fort. Yeah. Um, and you know, Carnby was you know his mansion was the mansion itself, so. Uh, I, I I like that sense, um, and I played a good amount of of that to to get it. I just I don't know. It was that fort really made me upset. And, <laughs> and I there's a little have... bit more at the end too. Like, you know, I won't go through all of it, but there there were definitely other parts in the underground where there was you know there was the temple that you're in. I don't remember. I think you were in it with Carby as well. But there was a whole separate section here where you need to collect the top of a pyramid. And 
you end up like all you know how you're in, in a lot of sections you're like you're walking on these cavernous paths but like on both sides of you it drops off into nothingness sure well there's a part where once you like finish this little pyramid puzzle you get spoken to by something in my mind it's lovecraftian but it, you know it could be uh a god of some sort, I don't know. And then all of those like deep recesses that were kind of like black and foggy turn like bright yellow. And like it you just you have different experiences and I don't know. And in the end it wasn't maybe a meaningful difference, but you know, you're with the puzzles being different, the environments being different, I feel like there's a lot more game here than I expected there was. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was surprised, you know, after making it, you know, through the mansion. I was like, oh, okay, so there 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 is significant differences because I was thinking I'm gonna see the same cutscenes, but I'm just gonna be as lean, you know. And and <laughs> the biggest thing for me was I wanted to the the interactions we had as Carnbury with her were they gonna show up again in hers, but from the different perspective kind of thing yeah and sort of the most for the most part it did yeah yeah i still would really like to know how she saw him while he was walking through the dark but that didn't happen yeah that's really weird i think it just kind of it must just be a mistake right (laughs) i don't know if it was a mistake i think it was just that was basically a game tutorial of like go this way yeah. Maybe maybe they play tested it and said, well, people got lost or something like that or didn't know what to do, so they had, we'll just have a lean call, yeah. But I mean, I guess a mistake is in they didn't try to come up with a in world explanation for how it could have happened. Sure. Because there, I don't think there is one, right? There's no way it could have happened. No, it didn't happen in a lean story, and well, then again, a lot of things didn't happen in a lean story that happened to Carnby. For one thing, he didn't grab a spear and turn into a Native American. Yeah, she did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was a. Uh, it's been on it's been on your list for a long time, and and I had my reservations about it, but I didn't mind it. You know, I played through Carnby, and um, I'd say a little bit over halfway from to Aline's. I didn't mind my time with it. I put probably a good eight hours into it. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, there's your your horror game. Yeah, night night before Christmas. Yep. Come a long way from our first horror game being Anna. (laughs) (laughs) Where were you? You, The only thing I remember us talking about Anna was uh, the pine cone. You had to put a pine cone on a on an iris of the eyeball. You remember that? Yeah. And it was just like, this makes no sense. (laughs) It's like, I can get a puzzle, but when your puzzle is combine a human heart with a video game controller, like what, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or something like that. And the game was glitch for me because I never saw any of those, any of those creepy things happen, man, that was wild. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, this is a much older game than that one, but better for its time, even if it still has its own struggles to play it in 2022. 
I would rather play Alone in the Dark, the new Nightmare, than I would Anna again. Yeah. And the bad thing is I own Anna forever because I have it on Steam. <laughs> so there you go. Which I own Perfect Weapon forever too. So that's my fault. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, there's so, something uh, about those PS1 games though. I, you know, there's something about that era for me. That was such an era of change that in this game, th- there was a lot of times, even on the second playthrough, where I was impressed, you know, again, vis- not that the, the graphics matter all that much, especially in an old game like this, but there were a lot of cool, like, framing moments where, like, you walk into a room in the in the basement and there's, like, a chain that hangs down in front of you. Mm-hmm. That, you know, j- just the way they position you I thought was really interesting. And then there were some that... I couldn't tell if they were intentional or not. So when we were in the in the fort, I don't know if you recognize this or remember this, but when you're going down one of the main sets of steps and you reach the bottom, it does like a wicked close-up for some reason on her. So you're, you're like zoomed out while she's walking down the stairs. You get right. to the last stair, and it's super, super close and tight. But nothing happens, and there's no... They're not focusing on anything. I don't know why they did that. And then as soon as you take like two more steps, it switches to another wide out view again. So that's the kind of thing where I'm like, I don't know if that was intentional and it was meant to throw you off a little bit or maybe just technically to allow you to exit the steps more easily because they're closer. I don't know, but I I did generally like what they did kind of with some of the camera work and some of the environments. I, I, I thought they were less awkward generally on a lean side than they were in Carnby's. Though yeah. those underground sections of Carnby where you're running down steps, then running flat for a while, then running back up the steps. Yes. Like that just <laughs> it exposes like every flaw of like the way this game was made, I feel. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Not just I don't know, it was <laughs> it was definitely rough in some spots, but I didn't mind it. I think yeah. it, it, you know, and, and in two thousand one, I guess to me, I think the atmosphere was perfect. Yeah, and the sound there I was, thought was so good. Yeah, the sound was really good in this game, and I think the lighting was impressive for PlayStation One graphics. It's not bad. Yeah. So no, I, I enjoyed my time with it. Um, A couple of good, know. like simple jump out scares where you're walking by and like doors are rattling and you hear like yelling and moaning. And did you get to that one part? in a lean section where I think it was right before the mirror part or around the mirror part where there's just like random voices calling out Aline's name over and over again. I think so. I, I don't know. I just, I thought that was super creepy. You're walking through the mansion and every room you go in, there's just like people like whispering, calling out your name in the background. And it sounds like they're in the next room. You're about to run into them, but you never do. Right. Like that again. I don't think they leaned super heavy on the horrify the the player part of it. Right. Obviously, this is a horrible situation for the characters, but you know. But there were a couple of parts I thought they did that really well in this game. Yeah. No, they did. They definitely did. It, you could see that. You could definitely see where Eternal Darkness may have got some of their inspiration from this game. Yeah. Um, which Eternal Darkness still as they stand out to me with yeah. some creepy stuff taking place. 
I just remember it playing Eternal Darkness, which we did it for Phoenix Down, but um, walking through the house and then just somebody like I'm hardcore banging on a door. Yeah. <laughs> Scared the living crap out of me when the first time I played that game. It was just because it, it, it's it's so abrupt, you know. It wasn't like somebody just this knocking. It's like just right, right, like oh my god. But um, yeah, neither. Not bad, not bad. Glad we played it. Yeah, we do have. We do have two emails, um, both of which are suggestions for next year's theme. Um, which to remind everybody, our, our theme for next year is basically, I don't even know how to frame it. Revisits or sequels or spiritual successors to games we've played previously, or it it just could be, Oh, they developed the game we played. We're going to play another game they developed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and the first email comes in from Dustin. Uh, says, hey guys, uh, I didn't play through Aline's part. Uh, depending on what you guys think about it will probably influence if I want to try it or not. Uh, I'm writing in with some suggestions for next year after Like a Dragon, since you want to play sequels or of some previously played PD games. My top three picks, Drew is definitely not a fan of. <laughs> my first pick is the Xenosaga series. That was on my list too, but I just there's a lot in the Xeno Saga series. That's the thing. Yeah. If we it's gonna be the year of Xeno Saga. That's the problem. Yeah. Um let's see here. I think it is a must play and needs to happen sooner than later. We need to make this happen. My second pick would be Shinmu two. I actually enjoyed the first one. Let's see how the second one improved. My last personal pick would be Deadly Premonition 2. I played the first. I own the second. I need an excuse to play it. Now, I'm sure you're scoffing at all three, but please take these picks seriously, especially the first two. Now, if you want some good discussion, I would say Detroit Become Human, Near Automata, and The Last of Us Part 2. If you want some niche spinoffs, let's do uh, Okamiden. Oh, Blue, yeah. Dra- Blue Dragon Plus or Awakening and Metal Gear Solid for Game Boy. It's called Ghost Babel in Japan. It's a separate story. Or the two Acid games. You can't go wrong with Majora's Mask, Paper Mario, or Dark Souls 2. Uh, we could do something newer like Horizon Forbidden West or revisit the namesake and do any Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> It would be cool to revisit tra- uh, Trails of Cold Steel. Finding Paradise would be a good one-off, even Ultimate Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. You could give some serious second chance like Nino Kuni 2 or Metro 2034. There's a bunch of food for thought. Choose wisely, Dustin. P.S. If you could only have one real pick, it would be Dino Crisis 2. Oh, music to so, my ears. So yeah, so that that's the thing is like you're naming things. So all right, I don't know how I feel about. I don't want to play Shenmue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I just I I didn't like that game at all. I I, I just it was it was a chore for me. 
unfortunately. Are there any indications that the second one is better, substantially better or different? I don't know. Because, don't. you know, to be honest, I I had so little opportunity to play Shenmue back in the day that I never really, like, paid any attention to the second one, or the first one even. Right. Um, as far as Metro goes, I, I heard that 2034 is good. I've heard Metro Last Light is superb. Hmm. So, if we were to do a Metro, I would probably want to do Last Light. Yeah, they're not sequential. I don't think so. I mean, well, twenty thirty four, I think, is just like a direct sequel. But if you remember how twenty thirty three ended, it was like bad. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but there's some good ones in there. I would love to play Ghost Babble. I, in fact, I, I want to say Metal Gear Solid Ghost Babble is the highest rated Game Boy game. Of all time. I think it is. Like I think it's like. It's like one of the better Metal Gear games. <laughs> oh, that sounds <laughs> which awesome. Is, which is weird to say. But I mean it, it, it really was. It plays like old school Metal Gear. Like NES Metal Gear. Um, it, I've. I've I, I know a lot about it. it it's not canon. Um, but mm. it, it, it is a non. Non canon. Sequel to Metal Gear Solid, the original Metal Gear Solid. Um, so it's like a what if story, basically. Interesting. Uh, the other games, uh, I am not familiar with Okami. Then I guess it's a sequel to Okami. Yeah, I think it was on the DS or the 3DS. Okay. And then Blue Dragon Plus, I know that one, and and Awakening. <clears throat> The only issue I'm going to have with Okami then is I'm going to have to sit down and actually finish Okami. I know I didn't finish the last hour or two of that game. Gosh, I can't remember if I did or not. I think I did. I know I, I didn't because I've kept it off of my completed games list, even though we wrapped up with it. Right. I, I know I never finished the last little bit. That was a long game. Whoa, this next... Metal Gear game is not... Cheap to buy on eBay. You cannot. Yeah. No, that will be a emulation for me. It'll have to be. I'm not. No. <laughs> I'm not. It's I don't usually hundred bucks. Yeah. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Not for a Game Boy game. Maybe hundred and fifty. I'm good. Our next email comes in from Chad. It's titled "Phoenix Down: Sequels, Spinoffs, and Spiritual Successors." That's a good one. We could do, we could do the, the year of, of quad S. Yeah. For the four S <laughs> says, uh, howdy crew. I finally got a free moment. So I would drop an email saying, hi, uh, it's been a while, but I'm always listening. Even if I'm not writing in technically 2023 20, will be the 11th anniversary for Phoenix down. And it sounds like you all have chosen your theme for the year sequels, spinoffs, and spiritual successors to game previously played uh, for the podcast over the past decade. I didn't start listening to you all until 2013, but I still can't believe it has been this long. Someone needs to lay off on the fast forward button. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Anyway. After looking through your library of 118 games, I came up with the following suggestions for 2023. Halo Reach, Episode 1, 
Halo Combat Evolved 2012. Since your first episode ever was a Halo game, it only seems fitting that you do a sequel. I'm suggesting Reach, since that is technically the first mainline game chronologically for the overall story. Amnesia, A Machine for Pigs, or Amnesia Rebirth, Episode 2, Amnesia The Dark Descent, 2012. These are wildly available and have uh, been uh, recently been pushed out as up collections. I've honestly never played any of the games in the series, so this would be a new territory for me. Uh, I have played a, a Machine for Pigs. In fact, I want to say I reviewed that game. It's not as good as the first, I will tell you that. Um, I have not played Rebirth. I think that's just a remake of Amnesia the Dark Descent, but I can't remember. Um, Near Automata, Episode 5, Near 2012. Personally, I prefer Near Replicant, but so many people insist Automata is one of the greatest games of all time. This would give me an excuse to go back and finish it. White Heaven, Episode 6. Anna, 2012. <laughs> I'm not a, uh, I'm not familiar with this game, but apparently it is available on Steam. I've read it is an indirect sequel to Anna, made by the same studio and published in 2016. Oof. Metro Last Light or Metro Exodus, Episode 8, Metro 2033, 2012. I'm actually I actually enjoyed this series as a compliment to Stalker which has a sequel coming out in 2023. One or both of these games might make a good, quick palate cleanser. Here we go. Xenosaga, <laughs> episode 12, Xenogears, 2013 and 2017. Come on, Drew. You knew this was going to come up. Beyond Two Souls or Detroit Become Human, episode 13, Heavy Rain, 2013. For some reason, I thought you all had done Detroit for the podcast, but apparently Heavy Rain is the only Quantic Dream game you have all done. I would highly suggest playing Beyond Two Souls in the chronological order mode for the PS4 remaster. Everyone hates the game, including myself, when it first released, but I swear it's actually good in the chronological order mode. You should give it a shot. Uh, that would be interesting. I've had... Other Quantic Dream games on my list for ages. You know, I've enjoyed all the ones I've played. Beyond Two Souls might be the only one I haven't put really any time into. I never played it. Never, I, I've never owned it. I bought it day one, and I only put an hour or two into it. I bought day one uh, Detroit Become Human. Uh, I got probably three-fourths of the way through that game and never actually finished it. Oh, that one I finished. I, Enjoyed. I th I thought it was superb. Like yeah. what I played, I, I thought I, I really liked it. Uh, Resident Evil series episodes thirty one and thirty six, twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen. You have only played Resident Evil one and six for Phoenix Down, so you can basically do any of the games from this series, including Revelation spinoffs. There's a lot with Resident Evil that we could do. Um, and I'm always down for a Resident Evil game. Yep. Yep. Um, Resident Evil 2 Remake is a masterpiece. Yeah, um, that was excellent. I have made it probably three hours into Resident Evil 8. 
and haven't went back to it. Um, I know that, we're not going to. That would that, be an but... interesting one if and when PSVR two comes out, because I think they said they were going to make that VR compatible. Yes, they are. Um, but you have not finished <laughs> Resident Evil Seven. Um, yeah. And you really do not need to play eight before you play seven. Yeah. Because you do not really know who Ethan is. And you play as Ethan in eight. So. Yeah, I should fix that. Yeah. Perhaps we'll do seven. I'm down for a replay of seven. Yeah, I have a lot of conflicted emotions with that one. Why? I thought it was excellent, but the whole time I was playing it, I'm like, it doesn't feel like Resident Evil. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? As soon as, as soon as I started finding keys for certain doors and stuff like that, oh, this is Resident Evil. As soon as you leave the house, finally, yeah, that game is like, oh, this is Resident Evil. Yeah, that's right around where I stopped. For me, yeah. the whole game was in the house. I'm like, it feels more like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely influencing from there. Yeah. Parasite Eve 2. I don't know what episode. Uh, Parasite Eve 2015. Uh, I'm not sure how hard this one would be to find and play now, but it's a sequel. Yeah, that would be an interesting one. I've not put any time into Parasite Eve 2, but I have put a good few hours into Third Birthday. Right. Which, you know, as far as I'm aware, completely unrelated, you know, as far as a chronological story goes, but it was an interesting departure. I'd love to see what 2 looks like. I would, I'd, I'd totally be down for Parasite Eve 2. I'm also much more flexible with the games I'd sink 8 or 10 or 12 hours into than some of these 40, 50 hour games. I mean... Most, most certainly. Not to say we can't just fizzle out on one, do a few episodes and just say, look, this is not <laughs> not one we can finish, although I'd rather not do that. But, yeah, you know, I'd, Xenosaga better be good if we're going to sink 40 or 50 hours into it. Yeah. Let's not have a repeat of Xeno Gears, <laughs> or we come back to it three years later. Yeah. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, episode 35, 37, 39, 40, 41, 42, 46. Metal Gear series 2015 to 2016. So you played the entire Metal Gear Solid series in 2015 through to the release of Phantom Pain in 2016. There's only one game left to finish it off. If you don't count Metal Gear Survive, uh, yeah, Revengeance is awesome. I've not not really even touched it. It is it, it is wacky and crazy, and it is awesome. That game is just awesome. the 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 music in the game, the way they use the music in that game, I still think about because it's this hardcore heavy metal soundtrack when you do a boss fight and you're they're they're playing hardcore heavy metal right when you start winning the fight the lyrics start kicking in and it's awesome it just makes you feel like a badass oh that's cool that game that game is awesome yeah i'd love to try that i've also got metal gear on the nes that i've not really put any time into i don't know if that's the kind of game you can actually realistically expect to play through or not but <laughs> be hard to go back to <laughs> yeah i've never played one of those i have 
I, I definitely have. It's been a long time, though. All right. So, uh, Thronebreaker, episode 38, 47, 91, Witcher series, 2015 to 2020. So this is a Gwent-based Witcher game, but it is actually really well written. I honestly agonized over several choices I had to make in this game that had major impacts on the story. I'm not big into deck builder games, but this one is very approachable. Hmm. I was also thinking the Witcher adventure game, because I think that's a a narrative narrative story-based game as well. Yeah, yeah. Psychonauts 2, episode 45, Psychonauts 2015. I guess it's been out for a couple of years now. Yeah, Psychonauts 2. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you actually didn't play that with us. Nope, I have not nope. even touched it. No, nope. that was a 9 Rimo uh game where me and John Whitehouse played together. Oh. Let's see here. <laughs> the Last of Us Part 2. Episode 57, The Last of Us, 2017. I know Drew hates Naughty Dog games, but this one qualifies based on the theme, and you should give it a try for at least the story. It also it does also improve upon the gameplay and has some interesting enemy AI. And there's a TV Ooh. show coming out soon. There is a TV show coming out. What, in February? Mm, I think so. Something like that. Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, or Wolfenstein Young Blood, episode 58, Wolfenstein The New Order 2017. New Colossus would probably be a good two-episode palate cleanser game through the year. Uh, I've heard mixed reviews for Young Blood, but I haven't heard it's but I've heard it's actually really fun when played co-op. I played the New Colossus. It's pretty good. Um and I played Young Blood, and I wasn't keen on the Young Blood. Um, I think it is one of those games where you kind of have to play it co-op. Uh, yeah. Nino Kuni Two, Episode Sixty Six, Nino Kuni Twenty Eighteen. It's a long game, and the beginning is pretty bonkers. Although a very different game from the original, I doubt this one will make the list since Drew still has PTSD. I just thought to throw it out there. Does fit the theme. It does fit the theme. That's that's the thing that I didn't mind the journey of Nino Kuni. It was just I did not like the fact that my AI partners were garbage, <laughs> and I didn't like the fact that I got to the very I got to the final boss of that game and could not beat it. And said, I've tried this three times. And I, I I was done. I was just, I was fed up with that game. And I did a lot of grinding in that game. Yeah. And I think, I think that kind of jaded me a little bit. Because I did a lot of grinding and I still couldn't beat the final boss. And I was like, you know, I don't need to. I don't need to. I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. Is that out on Switch? I think it is. Uh, Nino Kuni 2? Yeah. I don't know. Probably, I think so. Yeah, because I still not. I haven't really, to be fair, play spent much time on handhelds in the last two or three years, even. But I, you know, I, I do enjoy with a handheld RPG the ability to grind a bit. Well, um, there you so go. If, if it was out on the Switch, that might be a better place for me to play it. 
Final Fantasy VII Remake, Episode 68, Final Fantasy 12, 2018. You all have only ever done one Final Fantasy game on Phoenix Down. Might also want to consider Final Fantasy 15 since it is fairly modern and shorter than the other games in the series. 13 or 15? 15. With Prince Noctis. Yeah, I did not finish that. I finished that game. Um, I think it took me maybe 20 hours max. Oh, wow. And I, did, I, I didn't do a lot in that game. Yeah. Um surprised. Uh, yeah, that does sound shorter than most. It, even, it's even for just it, the story. It is it's one of those games where you can completely mainline it and beat it in about 20 hours. Probably faster than that. I think I beat that game at like level 38. Wow. Or something. Like that. Yeah, it was it was it was definitely a short experience. I didn't mind that game. Um I feel like some of the combat the combat th- the combat in that game was kind of broken items in that game were broken you could use if you had potions in your inventory you could not die (laughs) it was it was it was just weird i felt like magic was useless in that game so that's just me though but um final fantasy 7 remake i totally want to play that game (laughs) so yeah i've only um, i only played the first 10 minutes to see what it looked like i'm like wow this looks awesome here we go Red Dead Redemption 2, episode 69, Red Dead Redemption 2018. Such a long game, but so good. Would love to see, would love this one happen, but I know it would end up taking like 10 episodes to get through. I have Red Dead Redemption. I bought, my wife got it for me the day it released for my birthday. And I've put maybe seven hours into it. Never, never, never got far into that game, mm. and I like I liked everything that I played of it. That was the thing. Yeah. I didn't like the controls were weird. Um, obviously it's going to be one of those we have to get used to it. Um, but um, I mean, there's still things they find in Red Dead Redemption Two that that players haven't experienced. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Greedfall episode eighty one, Bound by Flame, twenty nineteen. Maybe not really a spiritual successor, but it's the same team, composer, etc. Also, the sequel will be coming out sometime soon, and I think you all would like the story and structure. Greasefall is definitely one that I want to do. Yeah, me too. Oh, God. Double Switch, 25th Anniversary Edition. (laughs) Episode 83, Night Trap, 2019. Short one-off episode with teen heartthrob, now deceased, Corey Haim. Such a goofy game brings back nostalgia for the Sega CD era. Mm. Deadly Premonition 2, episode 88, Deadly Premonition 2019. I'm not a huge fan of this series, but it's a sequel, so... I'd be willing to try the second one. Yeah, I mean, it, I know you push for that one. You you put it on the list and everything like that. I mean, if I have to, I will play Deadly Premonition 2. It's weird. I thought Deadly Premonition was a game I would think about a lot more after we finished it. Yeah. But I, I don't know why. It just hasn't It hasn't sparked me. No one else has mentioned it to me. I don't know. It's even something like Twin Peaks I just randomly think about every once in a while. 
because Tim Twin Peaks was better than Deadly Premonition. Yeah, could be as simple as that. Deadly Premonition was was a meme game, if we're being honest. It was Deadly Premonition was there was two things that happened during the time that that game came out. The first one being um, Jim Sterling gave it a 10 out of 10. And that, that, that was a newsworthy thing back then. The other one, Giant Bomb, which is now, is it still going on? I don't know if Giant Bomb's still around anymore. Um, Giant Bomb did a let's play of it. They, they played through the entire game. And at the time, Giant Bomb was a huge website where people, you know, listened to them, watched them a lot. And I think those two things garnered a lot more attention for Deadly Than the game deserved. <laughs> than I think the game really deserved. I, I, I think it, it was a meme game. It really was. Because hmm. it was it was a weird title. It influenced, it, it took a lot of influences from, you know, Twin Peaks and other pop culture references and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the game was garbage. Like, it played like garbage. I don't know. Horizon Forbidden West, episode 92, Horizon Zero Dawn 2020. I actually wasn't the biggest fan of Zero Dawn, but really, I really enjoyed Forbidden West. It's in my top three games of 2022. I actually thought the story was much better in Forbidden West, and this series is definitely building to a to at least a solid trilogy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, it'd be an interesting one for me because I adored the first one, but then fizzled out on the second one. No. Not that I didn't enjoy what I played. I just didn't have any time for it. Right. Uh, the Council, episodes 95 and 115, Call of Cthulhu and the Sinking City, 2020-2022. Not a sequel or spiritual successor, but this game is rooted in the same mythos of eldritch horror. It's also done by Focus Home Interactive. This game presents some choice-based mechanics I have n never seen in any other game. It's well-written, features real people from history, and has wildly differing results and endings. I have heard of the council, and every time I hear about it, everybody says it's very interesting, but nobody plays it. <laughs> so... Maybe we will do the council. I, I, I may be wrong, but I think the council was an episodic game. I yep. could be wrong. Yep, it was. Okay. <clears throat> God of War Ragnarok. Episode 96, God of War 2020. My game of the year, along with everyone else, it seems. I highly suggest it, but I'm afraid it may be overhyped at this point, which sometimes sets games up for failure. Might want to let it cool down a little before consuming. Beware of spoilers, though. Mm. Good point. I haven't touched it. I am certainly a 100% going to play it. Right. Um, and I've been on as much of a media blackout as I can be on it. I know nothing that happens in that game. I have not seen anything about it. I, I know I've heard that it's good. I've heard some people say it's not as good as the first God of War. Hmm. So I don't know. 
Um, but I, I'm sure one day I will play it. Judgment 1 and 2. Episodes 101, 103, 105, 108, 111, 114, 116. Yakuza series 2021 to 2022. The Judgment games are a nice spinoff of the Yakuza series. They basically have the same structure and awesome storytelling of the Yakuza games, but with a few tweaks focused on investigations since the main protagonist is a PI. Although the first Judgment game doesn't have any overlap with Yakuza, the second one does. There are some characters and side quests in the second game that overlaps with Like a Dragon. Yeah, I'm, I'm well prepared for that one. <laughs> yeah, you have Judgment now. You got it for Christmas, so there you yeah. go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, episode 104, Assassin's Creed Origins, 2021. Since you like Origins, you will probably love Odyssey. Everyone seems to. Personally, I prefer Origins. Yeah, my gut feeling is that I would like Origins more. But So I, I put probably seven hours into odyssey so far i that was one of those where i was like there's a lull in reviews and and you know i'm caught up on the phoenix down stuff i'm gonna have a game that i just play on and off yeah, and so i started I, yeah and so i started odyssey and enjoyed what i played but it is a massive game dude like yeah the starting island that you're on took me two to three hours to get off of and that's an island <laughs> And I was just like, dude, there's so much in this game. But I was like, I, but it was good. Like every time I did something, it was fun. And I'm prepared. Like I, I was like, I put, I put those two to three hours into it. And I was like, the, the DLCs on the, the the season pass is on sale for like ten bucks. I picked all that up. So I I am I'm good for all the DLCs, all that stuff. So I I have it ready. It's it's just it's a massive game. It's one of those where like it's hard to do for a a a podcast because unless you mainline it and the problem is with those games half the fun is exploring and finding new stuff like I, I, I want to play as much of, of Assassin's Creed Odyssey as, as much as I want to play Immortals Phoenix Rising because yeah. I really enjoyed Phoenix Rising too so I don't know there's just massive games and finally <clears throat> Quantum Break Episodes 64 and 112, Alan Wake and Control, 2017-2022. This is all apparently a shared universe now, and Alan Wake 2 is on the horizon. Might as well finish it with Quantum Break. Plus, this would be give me an excuse to finish it too. Yeah, <clears throat> I would absolutely love to play that. I, I, I love probably, a lot of their games and have never touched Quantum Break. I got about halfway through Quantum Break. Um, just never finished it. It, it. It's it's weird because you play the game, you finish a chapter, and then they play a TV show, <laughs> and it's it's an hour long episode of a TV show. And I was just like, I mean, it's fine. The, the acting they got real world actors to do it. You know, yeah. like uh, all of them are great actors. It's not like it's badly acted. It's just like. I want to play a video game. I don't want to watch a TV show. You know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm looking forward to finishing Ready Player 2 with you all uh, here after the new year. Great way to kick off the theme of the year, by the way. 
and I'll try to find time to replay Like a Dragon. Uh, in my opinion, Yakuza 0 and Like a Dragon are tied for the best games in the series. Can't wait to hear all your impressions once you get to that one. Oof. Happy happy holidays to everyone, and I hope you all have a very happy new year. Till next time, Chad. That is a very good list of stuff. Yeah. In fact, both you guys have gave gave us some really good suggestions, and I think we'll probably hit some of those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, that is a very bold statement. Yeah, talk make. about levels of hype. Right. You can't hype it. You can't hype a Yakuza game as much as by saying it's as good as Zero. Yeah. No. Uh, I. I. Truth be told, we did this whole year of Yakuza so I could finally play like a dragon. <laughs> it's all coming home. Much like how we played through all of the Witcher games to play Wild Hunt, <laughs> and. I was not disappointed. I really wasn't. Witcher 3 is one yeah. of the best games I've ever played. And I, 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 I'll say it. I'll say it. Hearts of Stone is some of the best video games, uh, video game content I've ever played. Yeah, agreed. Both of those DLCs were excellent. So good. Heart, like, like I, I really like Blood and Wine. Hearts of Stone is some of the best content I've ever played in a video game. It is so good. Everything is is it's wrapped around perfectly. You're doing side quests that have to do with the main story. It, they they bring back characters. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. That villain. Oh, it was so good. God. And they got that new patch. I was like, I was I was considering going back to Witcher 3 because I got that new the new like patch that like you know changes like the how it looks and everything like that mm. yeah i would <laughs> it's been a while since i i've been in that world but you're right i mean that that is some deep well written well acted looks good i mean it 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 fires on every front it's so it's just a great game absolutely Those two dlc's especially so we haven't we haven't really got into like hey what this is what we're going to be playing like the game plan yet because obviously we're reading a book next and then we are going to be playing a yakuza game so we've got, got pretty much the, we got we got the first two to three months planned out already um but dude, i'm excited for both like i it's been a while since i've read a book um i i you know i got i got pretty heavily into reading this year um you know i got a, i bought a, a a kindle fire specifically for reading and i read you know what three books four books um but kind of tapered off toward the end of the year um but i, I want to get back into it now i got a lot of books prepped one of them is ready player two so i don't know like i don't even know what to expect from ready player two Did, have you read any of it I haven't. I read through his other book, what Armada. Yep, Armada. Um, and I've been ready to go on Ready Player Two for a little while, but I have not started it. Okay, so I'm, I'm assuming are, are you good to to record that next week? Yep, yep. Okay. I should be. I was trying to finish up this uh, 
book about the founding of Oculus in the next day or two, and then I'll then I'll start Ready Player Two. Gotcha. Okay, I'll try to uh, keep an eye out on the uh, on the uh, Twitter, which is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. I will uh, put on the Twitter how far we're gonna like how many chapters we can get through, where we'll stop and, and talk about. So if anybody is reading along with us. Um, you can send an email, which is drew at ztgd.com. Look at that. Segways, man. <laughs> I'm just riding them all over the place. Um, but yeah, um, if you are reading along with us, please, please send us an email. It's uh, drew at ztgd.com. Make sure you hit those because uh, we'd really appreciate it. And thank you all for those suggestions. If you have any more suggestions, anybody out there listening who uh, has some suggestions for revisits or, or, or sequels, the four S's, sequels, spinoffs, and spiritual successors, um, let us know. Well, we'll gladly uh, take them into consideration. I think we got a pretty good list, like even just through the suggestions. And Matt, I know you've wrote down a list as well. Um, I, I would, I would say for certain, we're going to be doing Greedfall. That is one of them I really want to do. Yeah. Um, the council sounds kind of. I kind of want to do the council. <laughs> that sounds uh, that sounds very interesting. I, I have heard a little bit about it. Like I think George Washington's, and it's like a weird alternate future or weird alternate past. I guess I don't know historical figures, whatever. Yeah, um, I like that blend. Yeah, we'll, we'll, but we'll see. We'll see what we can get into. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it for us. Until next time, I am Drew, and I'm Matt. And we are out of here. You guys have a great week. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Uh, Stay safe. Um, But we'll be back next week with the beginning of Ready Player Two. Oh, 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 oh,